0: hey okay we're back for another episode of a healthy debate you are joined by myself adam hamid and we have blair solberger this is our podcast and uh yeah we like to talk about random different topics and uh today it's an interesting one because i'm not sure me and blair see eye to eye on this topic so (laughs) it will be a bit of a debating one to be fair (laughs) but um has gone and done a lot of research for this so he, he might school me on this but let's see how it goes
1: <laughs> yeah and I think we normally take devil's advocate when we're talking about like I think we see eye to eye on it quite a bit but we will you know bring up counterpoints just to try to debate but I feel like this one will be a, a real one um, but you know what
0: I think I think it's good to have conversations where you debate because If you see eye to eye on everything, then you don't necessarily learn, um, you know, something new. And so I think by debating, you raise questions for people that they wouldn't think about. And so that's why I like the name of our podcast, A Healthy Debate, because without those questions, how are other people supposed to learn and how are we supposed to learn?
1: Totally agree. If nobody questions your beliefs, thoughts, etc., then you aren't likely to do it on your own. Some people do, but um, it's good to have opposing viewpoints so that you can question, digest, learn, grow.
0: Bring it. Put the gloves on.
1: Yeah, so today, the title of this episode is Calories Are Bullshit.
0: Calories are bullshit. Are you hearing this?
1: Yes, you are hearing this. Okay. I will will bring my point. A little background. So, By no means am I saying that calories are bullshit in the sense that they exist.
0: You are saying calories are bullshit.
1: Calories, from a scientific standpoint, a single calorie is the amount of energy it takes to heat one gram of water one degree Celsius. Uh, It is an energy measurement. A kilocalorie, which in UK it is typically written Kcal. It's becoming more common in the US, but it's a capital C calorie. Mm Mm-hmm. that is a 1,000 calories. So what we use as calories for our energy intake tracking is a 1,000 calories. So I guess it would be the amount of energy needed to heat a kilogram of water, one degree Celsius. Mm -hmm. By no means am I saying that those are bullshit. They exist. It's a unit of heat measure. It is something that is used scientifically to track energy expenditure. What I am saying is that the way we use track and rely on calories from a health and fitness standpoint are bullshit. And, and I'm not saying that they're worthless or they can't be used correctly either, but I do not agree with the amount of attention, onus and importance that is placed on them as the be all end all for health and fitness and weight change.
0: Well, when you put it like that, I do think it's overemphasized how people use calories But I think they're still a needed measure of tool because most people don't understand them.
1: But I could even argue that because people don't understand them, they become even more bullshit.
0: We shouldn't just ignore something just because someone doesn't understand it. Just because a kid doesn't know how to read, you don't stop teaching them how to try.
1: Right. And I'm not saying I ignore them. I use them with certain clients. That's fine. But I think in most cases, especially from people who have not looked at the research and seen you know, the cases that I've seen and, and really thought about it in depth and understand metabolism, probably the most overused word in health and fitness. Uh, metabolism is a two-semester class on biochemistry and organic chemistry on how carbon transfers to create adenosine triphosphate and produce energy within the system. It is not something that people can just have be fast or slow and it's a really complicated internal process that people think they have like a massive understanding of because they've done a few online calorie calculators.
0: Well, So you're telling me I couldn't just like eat a burger and it boosts my metabolism? No. Not,
1: not how <laughs> metabolism is working. <laughs> By no means am I saying ignore it, avoid it, don't use it, but... You know, you have people just today in a different episode we recorded, a trainer gave someone 900 calories a day for weight loss. And I mean, we won't even dive into the actual content of what she was providing or the trainer was providing her. But like, it's not just a less is more, you know, lose more weight by bringing it down. This is the numbers that have been printed out. Humans are not numbers. Humans are not machines that work in perfect efficiency. We are actually terribly inefficient heat machines. We give off a lot of wasted heat energy for all of our cellular processes. You know, so to treat people like a mathematical equation and say, here are your calories, now go lose weight is a flawed system.
0: I think it's oversimplified. You are right. It's definitely oversimplified, but still, it still works.
1: With the right guidance... And when explained correctly, I can agree with that.
0: Okay. And I guess I agree with it too because I've seen people just say, eat this many calories and nothing happens to that person. So I agree with context, with understanding and what you're doing with it. It it can be useful. So in that context, I guess because I'm one of those trainers who will provide it the right way, I can't see calories as bullshit but at the same time, I, I've i seen the people who are doing exactly what you say, and I completely agree, and I can see why it is bullshit.
1: I'll give you a little bit more depth on where my opinion comes from. I'm never going to argue against the law of thermodynamics. It exists, it works, and it's absolutely theoretically perfect. It's people that fuck it up. It's, it's one of those things where – and I'm not saying people fuck it up because of ignorance or improper application. I think that's part of it. But – our systems are different. you know say just for sake of argument, Adam and I are pretty close in size, but say we're both exactly six foot and you know 215 pounds. you give us the same amount of calories. Adam and I will not lose the same amount of weight.
0: We're gonna go back a step. I do tell the ladies I'm six foot.
1: Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, I, my girlfriend's never gonna believe that I'm six foot because she's five8. And like two inches shorter than me, maybe three (laughs) on a good day, you
0: know, Uh, she's
1: taller than me in heels. That's all. That's all I have to say. Where the application of thermodynamics to humans and predicted weight loss, this is where I think the bullshit starts to creep in. The law of thermodynamics is, you know, essentially energy in versus energy out will predict a gain or loss of mass. If you eat more energy than you burn, you will gain mass. If you burn more energy than you eat, you will lose mass. Sure. That's the, that's the calories in, calories out equation.
0: That's, that's the simplified version, and it's right, and it works. But what a lot of people don't take into account for is everyone fucks up on how much they think they move.
1: Right, so I'm not even going to tap into the okay. actual energy expenditure, and because yeah, like I, I, I think the the estimations I saw were people overguess the amount of energy they burn by up to fifty percent, and they underestimate the amount of uh, energy they consume by up to sixty or seventy percent.
0: So they're already fucking so the, up like, by by way off. So I'm not
1: even I'm not even there. You know, that's definitely part of it—the human error in guesstimating. When people say they track and they're like. Oh, yeah, I just kind of eyeball it. Already a huge fuck up. If you're going through the difficulty of tracking and putting it into an app, but you're just looking at it and guessing how many calories are there, like, that's a huge fuck up. Yeah. So where I'm at is the law of thermodynamics, when applied to humans, we have this 3,500 calorie rule. 3,500 calories equals a pound of fat.
0: Yeah, I've heard that before.
1: Where that originates from was a 1958 paper by a doctor named Max Wyschnowski. And what he did was, so all the calories from food that we have, uh, and, and not even to get into the, the nutrition label on foods, can be off by up to, I think it's 10 or 15%. Mm. You know, they don't have to be perfectly accurate. There I are,
0: think it's 20%.
1: Maybe it is 20%. But yeah, so like if something has half a gram or less of fat, they can say zero. Yeah. What Wisnowski found was that when you, so all foods that we have the energy from, it's, it's put into a calorimeter which is a machine designed to tell how much energy is given off by a food burned in this machine. And that is where calories come from. The human body does not use calories. They are a tracking system for us. It's a heat measurement. When you think about it, we use ATP for energy, not calories. Calories are just a little easier for us to track because that's how we have measured our food's energy source. Mm-hmm. But what we use for energy is called adenosine triphosphate. So there's already a disconnect there between how much of our calories actually get turned into usable energy or given off, give off as heat, et cetera. Either way, he took a fat cells out of the human body and placed them in a calorimeter and found out how much heat was given off and it came out to 37 and some change, 3,700 calories roughly. So then what he did was since fat cells are 87% fat and the rest of it is water and the actual protein and the cell wall itself, he took 87% of the 3,700 and came up with a a rough estimate of 3,500 calories would be one pound of the fat within a cell. Interesting. Where the error in this comes from He tried to adjust for the 87%, which would mean – because our body doesn't burn the cell of the fat. Fat cells can never be destroyed once they've been created in the body. They can only only empty, right? You can only burn the fat out of them. They're Mm. still there for storage. The prediction, the estimate should go up, not down from 3,700. If I'm burning fat and a fat cell with its cell wall gave off 3,700 – I would need to burn more energy to burn one pound of fat. Why more? Because the weight of the cell will still remain. Some of the energy given off in the calorimeter was from the cell itself. If I want to burn a pound of pure fat.
0: Pure fat only.
1: It would be nine calories per gram of fat, 28 grams per ounce. And there are 16 ounces in a pound.
0: Which That equals- comes
1: out to 4,032 would be a pound of pure fat.
0: So it's four thousand, not three thousand five hundred, right? So people are about five hundred off. They're they're not really going to be in a surplus with that five hundred for the week. At worst, they'll be in a maintenance.
1: It's not. It's a little bit more than splitting hairs. Okay, you know, because if you talk about tracking, like. Oh, you can nickel and dime yourself if you're eating 1.2 ounces of nuts and getting an extra serving a day. That's 200 extra calories. Mm-hmm. One soda a day can be enough, which is 140 calories, to disrupt weight loss. So, if you're over predicting, you know the amount that you're burning, it could be enough to not see any progress.
0: Okay, I see. Ultimately, where
1: you're from. reason I explained that whole misstep in the science is because we don't have consistent model showing that you can predict weight loss at 3500 calories a week for extended periods of time
0: so why is it still taught at 3500 calories then
1: because you know it's just one of those things that it was done in a time like why is msg still considered bad
0: Mm.
1: msg was a it was considered to be a bad nutrient for people because of uh racist doctor ate chinese food and said it was probably because of the salt or MSG or something in the early 20s. It was like a, there's a, if you go look into it, there's definitely an air of racism about the chinese immigrants around MSG being bad for you. Okay. It uh, there's plenty of research. There's a really good three-part podcast with some doctors and di- uh, dietitians on it called Healthy Bites that did a three-part series on MSG and it's astounding how it's not bad for you. It actually can help reduce sodium intake compared to using regular salt.
0: Okay.
1: The problem is, in the 1950s, this one thing gets written, it gains some steam, and it just kind of becomes it, – it's written in textbooks. It sounds good. The science looks logical. And he put it in the Cal and the thing said this. And sometimes it's just very hard to uproot common beliefs because they're now they're in textbooks and we would have to, like, change the entire system because of new models being – and not saying that's right, but it's what happens.
0: But, like – It's like you just said, it's in textbooks, so it's educated. I think it's still even taught in like sports science degrees because I've hired personal trainers in the past and they have sports science degrees and they go on about uh, one gram of fat is 3,500 calories. And and that's quite a recent person who I've heard say that. So it shows that it's still taught to this day at 3,500, but you've come to a completely different equation and it makes sense. But why are you the only person who's saying that?
1: Because I don't think people just dove into the science enough. And I think ultimately when you think about it, the law of thermodynamics is still true. It's still energy in versus energy out. The reason I'm saying that our calorie system currently is bullshit is because it's the, the prediction does not exist. Mm. When you look at the research on predicted versus actual weight loss, it's anywhere from 30 to 60% less actual weight loss compared to the prediction. So the research I'm looking at currently examined 103 people and it was several different studies across a range of 31 to 84 days. And the average difference between actual and predicted was seven and a half pounds. People actually lost about 20 pounds and they were predicted to lose about 27 and a half pounds.
0: And that's because you reckon that's the extra 500?
1: I think it's part of it. Okay. I think it's also burning fat theoretically is not the same as the physiological effect in the body.
0: But then like there's, this conversation could be so much more complex than this because we know that when we expend energy, we're not always necessarily expending fat. Um, sometimes our body can become very adaptive and choose to burn other parts of our systems as a main fuel source instead of fat. That's why it doesn't always correlate to what we want to see.
1: I guess there, you will ultimately always tap into stored fat reserves at a consistent energy deficit, regardless of what substrate you're utilizing. That tends to balance out. At rest and low intensities, you usually burn more fat. At high intensities, you move into more carbohydrate utilization. Carbohydrate is, has a much lower storage capacity than fat and is a higher burning. It's, it's more of our high octane, high output fuel. So you're never going to run as fast, jump as high without carbohydrates in the system. But I use up all my carbs. I rest and I eat to replenish my carbs. If I stay in a caloric deficit, it's it's almost always going to come from fat storage. So I don't I don't think the energy utilization at the time of activity is, you know, oh, do slow cardio fasted because it burns more fat. Like total calories expended is more important than which substrate you're utilizing and when. It would still be
0: interesting to know what sort of exercise these people do, you know, when they're doing these tests and whatnot and where that fits into it as well.
1: Right. But that's acute versus chronic. Like, I I don't think you can acutely change your substrate utilization. And I know I'm using the scientific term. That's what type of energy you're burning, whether carbs or fat. That is an acute response to the type of activity, high intensity. I need my carbs. You know, that's what, that's what the body's going to burn. But at the end of the day, at the end of 12 weeks, if I'm in a caloric deficit, it is going to come from stored fat not stored carbohydrate not not water weight you know it's it's an energy utilization i'm at a mild deficit and my body is using stored fat to make that deficit up But
0: this is such a hard conversation to have when the tests are done on humans because we don't know what someone's stress levels were their sleep levels were because as we said in another podcast that. Oh, I can't remember if it was this one or another one, but we were talking about how, you know, if we're bang on the same height and with the exact same weight, we're not going to burn at
1: the exact same rate. Right. But that's why you have 103 people in the study is to average that thing out. It, it, 103 people are not all going to be at the same stress, et cetera. But you have an average weight loss and predictability across 103 people of varying sleep cycles, stress levels, body types, et cetera you still had a seven pound difference in predicted and actual roughly 25%.
0: But I reckon this is just maybe my personal opinion here and maybe it doesn't stand anywhere, but I reckon if that test was done again with another 103 people, it would be a different result.
1: And I guarantee you it would not be dead on with the prediction. Mm. I don't think ever will calories per day of X amount predict the actual weight loss that we will ever see because there's metabolic adaptation like your client or your, your, the girl who got the 900 calories a day. When we chronically underfeed basal metabolic rate, you see a metabolic adaptation occur where your body stops non vital processes to match intake. It does not continue to burn fat. If I need 1800 and I'm eating 1200, I will stop. Building muscle is effectively storing bone as effectively, etc. My mind, my mental capacity will d- diminish because I need to put effort into not dying, heart beating, etc. It's, it's, it's a survival technique to make it's controlled by the hypothalamus. It's not perfect, but metabolic adaptation does exist to some degree, which is why it's a window, not an ever decreasing law of thermodynamics.
0: Okay, so we're on the same page there. And I completely agree with what you're saying as well. so
1: so ultimately what what we're looking at is instead of a static model, thirty five hundred calories, which would be a straight linear line downward, if I eat five hundred less calories per day, I will lose one pound per week, week in, week out consistently and chronically, they're starting to develop dynamic models for okay. calorie prediction. And so I looked at the equation. It's somewhat complex. But to just break it down briefly, instead of it just being like energy in versus energy out, your change in free fat mass divided by days plus your change in fat mass, I believe, divided by days, equals your intake. It's a very like more complex rate of energy intake obtained from DEXA. And then that's minus the group RMR, which is resting metabolic rate, plus thermic effective flu- food, plus... Your non-activity, non-exercise activity, and your exercise activity. So all that minus the DEXA predicted energy intake. It's more of a compounding investigation mm. than it is this many calories in versus this many calories out. So it's it's a little bit more like that's that's a very basic that gets extrapolated into another equation that becomes a more dynamic predictor model. But so what the graphs indicate with this dynamic prediction is. They are very close in the beginning stages of weight loss with the linear model of calories in versus calorie out. But as time goes on, the dynamic model starts to curve and flatten out and become a slower weight loss, as, which we do see in anecdotal evidence, the more weight people lose – the slower that weight loss becomes. Exactly. If I'm 40 pounds overweight, I can lose 30 pretty quickly. And then that last 10 becomes super stubborn because, you know, you're just closer to the mark. You don't have as much wiggle room. And that's our metabolic adaptation. That's our body's fight to survive. You know, there's a lot of things that go into it where like you don't have full control over your body. You're in you have control over your intake and your movement, but there are some things that your body is just going to fight for and survive like everything in the body is designed to survive mm. and that's I think part of this dynamic consideration is that physiologically things happen you don't have control over all your physio- I mean there's a lot of passive behaviors in the body on a cellular level that we don't control we don't get a control over
0: I think that's why unless you're a competitive athlete who needs to be at a certain weight I think weight goals are are stupid for that reason. Yeah. There should be body fat goals versus weight goals. And therefore, when you see a consistent trend, because I think weight is as volatile as the stock market on a daily basis, you're never going to see the same thing.
1: If I could gain 20 pounds of muscle and lose 20 pounds of fat and stay at 215 and be half the body fat percentage I am, I would be happier than if I could lose 20 pounds and be 195.
0: But the problem is you would have to probably tip the scale one way or the other first. So you'll have to either go to 135 or 140.
1: Or just be fine with it being very slow process.
0: Exactly. But we've come to the acceptance of delayed gratification to achieve what we want to we don't need it right now but a lot of people right. want it right now
1: and, and so to come full circle, I do not think that calories or the law of thermodynamic are completely bullshit. I think how they're applied, I think the system that we use and the garbage that we hand people saying here are your calories no calorie goal should be given with an expected rate of weight loss and every app, tracker, calculator, whatever, to lose one pound a week, eat this, to lose two pounds a week, eat this, and that does not work. And what it's going to do is it's going to starve people by giving them too low of calories, and it's going to have them defeated because they are never going to meet the expectations. You're eating 1,200 calories a day because that's what my fitness pal told you, and you are not going to lose two pounds a week doing that.
0: You know what? I'm in complete agreement with what you're saying there, and I don't disagree because – you're completely right. A lot of these formulas are bogus, and people just don't understand that it's not a set science that applies the exact same way for everyone. It's a, it's an average that needs adaptability, and hence why it's always a personal journey for everyone.
1: If I eat twenty five hundred calories consistently on average, I will lose weight. I don't know how much weight, I don't know how quickly, but I will lose weight. Mm-hmm. I will lose fat. You know that, especially if I eat enough protein. But like that is talking to you in the WhatsApp whenever I lift, like my deadlift is back over 400 for the first time in 10 years and I'm down three pounds, you know? So like I've gotten stronger on most of my lifts and I've lost three pounds, three pounds in six weeks is not incredible. It's not something I would go and shout from a mountaintop, but while getting stronger and having, and I enjoy myself, I eat an average of 2,500 calories a day. I don't eat exactly 2,500 calories a day. Some days I'm at 180 grams of protein and 2,200 calories and I'm fine. This weekend I had 3,400 calories because I went out to a concert and drank too much Jack Daniels and you know ate some quesadillas when I was done.
0: Living life.
1: But that makes me happy and it's sustainable.
0: And that's the other part that, you know, we could do another episode on as well. Just if you don't do something, if you go against doing something that makes you happy, do you actually realize how much stress you're putting on yourself? And that's a conversation itself of what stress does to you, because that can affect you in completely different ways.
1: Oh, yeah. What's the point if you don't enjoy it? I believe it was on the success and failure episode. I said... People's biggest mistake is thinking that the point of life is to be happy and it's not. It's to find joy in the process. Well, the point of fitness and nutrition is to die healthy and late. Have goals in between, lose weight, prevent diabetes, get stronger, etc. But if you don't build the system to last the rest of your life, it's going to be miserable. Make time for the joy in the process and, and the things that you love need to be a part of it. Adam has talked – about having donuts and all kinds of delicious stuff on like clubhouse rooms and stuff. I eat ice cream almost every night and I'm happy. Could I be leaner? Sure. Am I going to give up all the joy that I have for a set of abs? Never in a million years.
0: I've been there. I've done it. And you know what? To watch all the people around you Do the things that they want to do and enjoy it and you have to watch them enjoy it and you can't be part of it just because you want some abs. I guess that's a decision you have to make yourself. It's priorities. And, um, you know, for me, my mentality is far more
1: important than my physical look. Not to get too deep here, but if abs made you happy, then everybody with a set of abs would never be depressed or have any mental issues you know if that was the secret if if mental health was fat soluble and you know getting to that physique is going to solve all your problems number 1 you know like i said nobody that was in shape would be unhappy number 2 you are hinging your happiness on something that is not sustainable it, the second you lose that physique you're back to being unhappy i think you need to take a deep dive into who you are and why it matters so much to you because it's not the answer to anything. It's not going to make you automatically a better person, more desirable, less unhappy, anything to that nature. Like if it's just a goal for, to have a goal and want to look a certain way, great. But it, it ain't going to change anything in the mental health realm or your happiness.
0: And there you go. You've heard it from Guru ba- Blah yet again.
1: <laughs> I guess let, let's hear your, your thoughts on the calories are bullshit topic. I know you were very excited about this one. <laughs>
0: my thoughts i'm in agreement that calories are not bullshit they do exist and they do have a purpose but i am in. i'm in complete agreement that they are used in the wrong context and a lot of people use just throughout the word of how many calories do this and do this many calories and they don't actually know what they're talking about and so hopefully this podcast just having this debate me asking you questions you clarifying stuff hopefully that's just made people understand that, you know, there's more to it than what they perhaps thought. And so if anyone is a trainer or anyone's had a trainer, I think it's important to recognize just because a trainer says, eat this many calories, you should actually understand why you're eating that many.
1: It is a bit of a sensational title. I think they're a great honesty system. I think it's a fine way to track. I do it. I I track my calories. But I do my fitness pal did not give me my calorie recommendation. I did. I assign, if my clients are going to track calories, I assign them for them and tell them how to change I've yet note.
0: to find one person to put in their correct details and my fitness pal gives them a correct output of calories. Right.
1: Well, those equations are based off of, people dying in hospitals, Mifflin, St. Jor and Harris Benedict, those old equations. Yeah. So number one, there's a fault in them. More current research is emerging, showing that metabolism basal metabolic rate does not slow down between 30 and 60 years. Like we think it does. It it tends to stabilize for about 30 years and then drop off after 60. So that's a part of it. Age is, is a part of it where it declines yearly. And that's not true. They were designed for hospital patients, you know, so we have better equations for predicting calories using lean body mass. And um, I'm personally a fan of the Cunningham equation. If we have fat mass,
0: okay,
1: you it's 22 times lean mass in kilograms plus 500. Very easy, but it's a bit more, if you already have that information, it's a more exact uh, prediction of basal metabolic rate. So that's just the basal metabolism, not total calories. That's the other problem, is people don't do total daily energy expenditure. They're like, oh, well, here's your BMR and here's the amount of, Uh, exercise I give you as a personal trainer, never mind how active you are on your feet, if you're, you know, walking the dog multiple times, et cetera, et cetera. Neat expenditure is a larger piece of the calorie expenditure pie or potentially larger than exercise activity.
0: Absolutely. My fitness pal, sort out your calorie um, formula. It needs
1: changing. Yeah, sort it out. That's a very British way of saying it. I love it. (laughs) Sort it out. I don't think I've ever said that other than talking about actually sorting. You shouldn't be prescribing your own calories your you know bargain bin personal trainer should not be giving out calories to quote tool the band Maynard James Keenan think for yourself question authority you know just because someone seems like they might know like ask questions do a little bit of research and then come back and ask more questions don't just say like this is wrong I'm gonna do it my way and don't just accept things blindly those are two extremes the answer is usually somewhere in the middle. You know, if someone is offering something that seems extreme, ask around, maybe get a second opinion, dive into a little bit more and find out if that person actually knows what they're doing.
0: 100%. I think too many people will see that someone's uh, got um, a certificate under their belt or they look a certain way. And so that person must know what they're doing. But (laughs) trust me, it's not that simple.
1: (laughs) Right. He has abs. He must be able to get me abs.
0: It doesn't work like that.
1: It's uh, My friend actually had a, on Instagram a while ago, he's a trainer in uh, LA, I went to school with, and he had a Venn diagram, which was people who have abs, and it was a big circle, and then a smaller circle, those people who know what they're talking about, and there's a small overlap (laughs) (laughs) in the middle. (laughs) I mean, it's true. Yeah. I guess that's it. That's that's the calories are bullshit. No, they're not bullshit. They're used incorrectly. You know, it's good for keeping yourself honest and like I know the reason I count calories very specifically is because I will eat 1.25 servings instead of one if I don't weigh it or measure it. You know, if I'm not careful, it's easy for me to eat. I'll nickel and dime myself away from weight loss. I don't grossly overeat. I don't go crazy and just mindlessly eat out of the box. But if I I will just be a little less than exact and I it will it will creep to where I'm at 50% more calories than I need to be. I'll be constantly eating 3000 to 3500 when I really only need 2500 if I want to and I I just got tired of not seeing any progress, so I'm going to keep myself honest.
0: You know what, this is probably for another another conversation, but we didn't even talk, touch on the side of that calories can counting calories can also have a really negative effect on your mindset and you know i've seen a lot of people develop sort of disordered eating from being too obsessive with calories as well but we can talk about that another day
1: oh i definitely want to i counting calories does not create eating disorders but people that have disordered eating patterns should not be counting calories i think it can exacerbate things but i i hate the statement that counting calories is an eating disorder and it's like no people who have eating disorders flock to that level of control and it comes out fair
0: enough but maybe people didn't necessarily realize they had a disordered eating pattern
1: yeah so i wrote down calorie counting and mindset
0: sweet let's wrap up
1: a healthy debate runs purely on fat and is completely free of banned substances this episode was edited by blair solberger so if it sucks blame him The next episode will be out in a week, wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at a healthy debate or on YouTube at youtube.com slash at a healthy debate.